BevCast, beverage trade network podcast channel where you can get tips from alcohol beverage industry experts and learn more about wines, spirits, and beer. In this episode, we talk about the do's and don'ts for suppliers and importers of alcohol in the UK. Part of the London Wine Series, sponsored by London Wine Competition, which is an annual international wine competition that happens in London every year, where wines are judged by quality, value, and package. Submission is now open for the 2020 London Wine Competition. Please visit londonwinecompetition.com for more information on how winning a London Wine Competition medal can help grow your wine brand. Notwithstanding the level of competition for on-trade shelf space, as well as listings in on-trade sectors, the dynamic UK alcoholic market is still a place where drink producers, suppliers, and importers can do good business. It's a dynamism that also exists for UK companies supplying and exporting alcoholic drinks. The stats are impressive. The UK is the world's sixth largest wine market and second by volume and value, whilst the UK wine and spirits industry as a whole generates over £21 billion in UK sales and over £8 billion in international trade. Whilst the wine trade balance may be heavily weighted to imports, some 93% imports versus 7% re-exports, this is reversed for spirits, 17% imports versus 83% exports, amounting to over 1.25 billion liters being exported. Whether a producer, supplier, or importer, and whether based in the UK or outside, here's a brief outline of the do's and don'ts when importing or exporting, or just selling alcoholic beverages in the UK. In fact, anything that involves the movement of such goods within UK borders. Alcohol duties and taxes. HM Revenue and Customs strictly control any and all movement of alcoholic goods in the UK. The rules are stringent, and the penalties for non-compliance can be swinging, so any company handling alcoholic drinks needs to follow the rules extremely carefully. In terms of imports into the UK, once goods reach a port, typically UK duties and taxes become due and have to be paid in order for the goods to be released. However, alcoholic beverages effectively trump this. Firstly, they're almost always zero customs duty rated. Excise duty is an inland tax, and goods are almost always handled and stored in duty suspension by a registered excise dealer and shipper. As such, the duty only becomes payable at the time they leave these strictly controlled and restrictive in-bond conditions, such as when released for consumption. What is true in every case is that every alcoholic beverage shipment also needs to be accompanied by the right paperwork. Absent or wrong or incomplete documentation and paperwork will see goods held up at customs, or worse, the goods can be seized by HMRC and even destroyed. Alcoholic Handling and Distribution UK requirements. Excise duties are charged on top of any custom charges if due. These duties, unlike excise duties, are required to be paid as soon as the goods arrive at a port. Goods liable to excise duty, so all wines and spirits with an alcoholic content above 1.2% can only be moved between people and places that are government sanctioned. This requires a UK-based producer, supplier, or importer either to register as an approved co-signer or co-signee in their own right or hire a registered company to act on their behalf. Holding and storing alcoholic beverages has to be in a government-approved excise warehouse, which has to meet stringent requirements, among which are minimum monthly or minimum annual potential duty liabilities. 
As an aside, spirits that are being stored in order to complete a maturing process can be handled in a trained facility warehouse, where the requirements are somewhat different from those other storage and distribution facilities. Imports from the EU If importing alcoholic beverages from within the EU to the UK, the transportation must happen between government-approved people and approved places and must be recorded using the EMCS computer program. If alcohol has been released for consumption in another EU country, it's classed as duty paid. But if imported into the UK on a commercial basis, UK duty is nevertheless chargeable, payable either under deferred terms or before goods is dispatched. Imports from outside the EU Essentially the same rules apply, except that the movement between the entry points of the excise warehouse must be carried out by a registered consigner. In addition to an excise warehouse requirement, it's necessary to obtain customs warehouse approval for premises. Exports from the UK the UK is world famous for two spirit drinks, whiskey and gin. As far as HMRC is concerned, spirits duty is payable on any spirits or any mixture or combination of spirits with anything else at a strength of more than 1.2% alcohol by volume. Any company producing or handling alcoholic beverages in the UK before excise duty, any company producing or handling alcoholic beverages in the UK before excise duty has been paid, has to be registered with HMRC. Registration allows the dispatch of excise goods to export markets, either within or outside the EU, and do this without paying UK excise duty. For this to apply, once again, the same restrictions have to be followed. It's also possible for these companies to claim back UK excise duty if it has already been paid through the UK excise duty drawback system. As another aside, single grain, blended malt, blended grain, or blended scotch whiskey can only be exported outside Scotland if the whiskey is bottled and labeled for retail sale, or is going to someone who is registered with HMRC as a blender, bottler, labeler, or approved bulk importer. No scotch whiskey can be exported in a wooden cask or holder. Paying excise duty, it can't be avoided. The whole point of all this control is to ensure the tax take is maximized from what are the highest duties of any market. Excise duty becomes payable immediately on, actually this means ahead of, the release of goods from the duty suspended warehouse where they are being held in bond. It's not just Great Britain where the commercial opportunities lie. Much of the world is a thirst for alcoholic beverages. It just pays to understand the structures and find the right path through the minefield of rules and regulations. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about the London wine market and grow your brand in London, check out London's wine competition blogs where you will find insights and tips on how to grow in London. Submission is now open for the 2020 London Wine Competition. Please visit LondonWineCompetition.com for more information. Stay tuned.